every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Great job by Austin on Sounds of the Week. Want to say big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show. That is Big O. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires and save up to $150 on a set of Big O brand tires today. We're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come by and see us. Take advantage of the best prices around. All right, Gordon, uh, you want to roll along with the list? We've got Howard coming up at 3.30, so make sure and stay tuned for that. But uh, until then, what's next? All right, I think I mentioned this to you earlier in the week, but did you or did anyone, all our listeners out there, watch the first half of the Tiger documentary on uh, HBO, I guess it was, or HBO Max, whatever, it was interesting. Uh, it didn't. I didn't really learn much new, except that Earl Tiger's dad, according to the documentary, used to hook up with women in the family RV parked next to the range when Tiger was outside working on his golf game as a kid. I thought that was kind of different. Um, but but maybe that ex- <laughs> maybe that explains some things about. You know, some people have said that uh, JFK's uh, wandering eye, well, there was an example set by his dad uh, in that regard, and I don't know whether that sort of thing is passed on. But uh, anyway, uh, it, but, but overall, it was a classic story of a, another controlling parent, like we talked about earlier in the show, pushing, pushing their kid, you know, hard. And controlling his early life. Now there's a second half that's coming up. And the way the first half ended, uh, they had talked all about Tiger's life and, and, and his golf game and his success and some of his troubles and and then uh, and his marriage. And then at the very end, a, a woman walks in who is one of the uh, women that uh, Tiger is thought to have had some sort of... Uh, affair with and she sits down and says essentially uh okay what do you want to what did you want to ask me or something like that it's a pretty crafty way to uh to uh, keep the uh, viewer around for the next installment but uh have either one of you guys had a chance to see that i've not uh no um not an hbo subscriber at the moment so i haven't had a chance same yeah it's uh you know it's uh, these kinds of stories I don't know. Maybe people are interested in them because of some of the sordid details, but I'm interested in them just to see how how someone who uh, is so prominent at what they do, how they got there. And I, I, I mean, I don't need I don't need all the, the gossip and all that stuff. But I find and I've spent a lot a lot of my career interviewing people and doing uh, sizable uh, takeout features on them, and so maybe I'm naturally interested in that sort of thing. But I, I found it really compelling, and I, I would recommend anybody who has a chance to, to check that out. If you're a golf fan, if you're any kind of Tiger fan, or even if you're not, you might want to look into that. And uh, I, I don't know how it ends. I obviously haven't seen the other half of it yet, and I don't even know if it's out. I, I'm not sure what the 
what the schedule is on that. But I, I think Tiger is – he was on his way to being perhaps the greatest athlete of all time. So let me get this straight. Uh, I'm putting together, connecting all the dots here. You're curious if Tiger was so good at golf because his old man was uh, was having dates out in the RV? No, because of the way he was raised, because of the environment in which uh, you could he laugh. Was, he yeah, was it, was just a, it was just a joke, a little levity. Oh. Haven't 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 seen the documentary myself, so just just making a joke, you know. Ha ha ha. All right, Jake. Uh, they usually do, but should players have a say in who their bosses are? Bring this up because Russell Wilson was upset that Seattle uh, OC Brian Schottenheimer was fired, and now he wants to say and who the next OC is. React. Um, you know, Gordon, this is this is tricky in today's day and age of of sport, right? You know, you a lot of us think traditionally, right? The the management makes the hires, and you go play for the coach, and uh, you know you're a player. Well, players are more than players now. And if you look at what what is Russell West or I always want to say Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson's value to the Seattle Seahawks, I mean it's immense. Yeah. And so it, it it's not something that you know that you can say it's my way or the highway. You know you can say all right, well we're we're gonna hire whoever we want an offensive coordinator and we don't care about your opinion. You know it's just it's not that simple anymore. Because these players are, are, are so valuable and are, are certainly uh, very aware of just how valuable they are. So, I mean, you know, part of me wants to say, well, uh, Russell, you're going to have to deal with it. But uh, is, is that really the right way to go? Because he is so, so critical to the success of your football team. I, my, the answer is you have to listen. You, and you have to allow these guys to feel like they're being listened to. And if that sounds like you're enabling or you're coddling or whatever else, like you said, Jake, they're too important to the success of the franchise moving forward. You can't have your best player ticked off because he didn't get the, the guy won. I thought about this yesterday where, when we were speaking about Kevin Durant and James Harden. Kevin Durant wanted James Harden. You know, but but here, this is the thing, though. It's, it's not that simple because if you always – um, cater to the player. Then you have uh, here's the problem, Gordon. The players aren't always right. That's <laughs> you know. So if you always cater to the player, then what happens is what happened in Houston, and they make you know several disastrous decisions along the way that makes it so it's not sustainable anymore. Right. And right. the the whole culture around there is whatever James wants. You know. Well, so that's, I, that's why that's why I said listen to what they say. You don't necessarily have to take your marching orders. Because you're right. They, you have people in place who are supposed to be professional and, and very uh, you know, expert in, in doing exactly what you hired them to do. So it's not like you can just have that guy take a back seat and shut up and just let the player dictate what's going to happen. But see, that also is hard because if you ask the player and they give you their opinion and you ignore it and do something else in spite of their opinion – that will also create some bad blood. Whereas if you don't consult them, just make a hire, then, you know, it, it's not that, <laughs> it's not quite that delicate. 
Because well, what, what, what if what if you go to what if you go to James Harden? You say James, who, what, what do you think? Who should we hire as a head coach? And he said, "Have you met my uncle Larry? Because he is he is a fantastic basketball mind, and I think he'd do a terrific job. And and you hire somebody else, you know, what what situation does that leave you with? You know." So then, okay, yeah, exactly. So what led to this? How did this happen? Was free agency a factor in it, you know, that players could move and they had that kind of freedom? And so now management doesn't want to lose a player, so you want to accommodate him? Is it because these, in the modern age, these these individual players have become so famous and and, in a lot of cases wealthy uh, and seem valuable to the overall organization because of that fame, because of that connection with fans and consumers. Uh, and, and really, I, I think the free agency is what handed the, the, the big stick over to the players. I agree, Gordon, uh, and I think there's several factors, but let me throw another one at you. I, I think another thing that randomly empowered players is the salary cap, believe it or not. Because once you limit how much money they can make, all of a sudden all these other factors come into play, right? Whereas if you could just pay them as much as you wanted to, it'd be much easier to go, yeah, shut your pie hole. We're going to hire whoever we want. (laughs) But since there's a limit and and the other team can pay pretty much exactly what you can pay, it it makes it a little bit different because now all of a sudden those other things matter more. Right? Do I have a say, or when is practice time, or when are the flights, or do we do we have the cook I like? You know, all those things become more factors because it's not just all about the money. You know, Jake, you have just made history. You are the first person that I have ever heard of making a point that free agency was really in a player's best interest. Not free agency. I'm sorry. A salary cap. A salary cap. In this yeah. weird way, it, it kind of is. <laughs> I had never thought of it that way. But that is a fantastic point. If you only remember one thing about what was said during our show today, remember that one. That was really, really good, I thought. Ah, thank you, sir. Jake, uh, you are uh, our Real Housewives of Salt Lake City expert. Uh, would you please... Give us an update of what's going on with the show. I have you- been watching. I, I watched last this this week's episode last night. And you know what I'm really taking away from this, Gordon, is that uh, Kyle Whittingham is very demanding of his coach's time. That's that that <laughs> I'll, is I'll that is something that uh, <laughs> I mean. There's an entire storyline uh, in this show uh, that is revolving around uh, Coach Shaw not being there. Like not being home. She, is this causing his, problems uh, on the home front? A little bit, yeah. His his, his wife is uh, you know wants to be with her husband more. But it, 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 he has gone a lot. Is is that's been a theme of the show. So no doubt Sharif Shah is working quite hard. Is that good or bad? Do you think uh, that there is a point of diminishing returns when, when it's too much is demanded of the coaches? Uh, professionally or personally? Uh, I mean, professionally. Um, I suppose because I could. think the two are connected. Uh, yeah, I suppose you could you could make that argument. You know, if you were weak-minded. Nope. Uh, but you know, 
I, I'm sure any employer, uh, if if they they were asked like, hey, your your employees willing to work from 5 a.m. to to midnight uh, for the same amount of pay? You'd say, yeah, sure, that's great. Let's do that. Productivity is going to go through the roof. Um. So I don't know. Bronco had a different take on it, right? Bronco Mendenhall mm-hmm. uh, made it a point to chase his uh, coaches out of the out of the uh, facility at a certain time and didn't let them in the building on Sundays, that sort of thing. So, Which is interesting because Bronco told me a story about how when he was early in the coaching gig, how he darn near lived out of his office. Yeah, and he probably didn't enjoy it much. Yeah. So probably formed his opinion on that, I'm guessing. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know in all seriousness, uh, Gordon, but uh, the real housewives, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, these, they, there's a lot, lot of drama, Gordon, a lot of drama. All right. I've got one more thing on the list, but I'm going to save that for the not sports report. I think okay. it's worthy of that. <laughs> you save it. All right. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. Howard Beck is coming up right around the corner. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Howard's going to join us at 3.30. Scott Gerard is going to be on the program at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. The Aggies playing some pretty good basketball right now, so we'll talk to Scotty G about that. But we're here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, and Christopher jumping on with us once again. All right, Tofa, let's save our listeners some money, shall we? We shall. But this today is kind of fun. I mean, Clayton now is in Peru. Right. Dad is, I mean, he's still in his winter vacation home. It's kind of fun just hanging out. It's just you, buddy. Yeah. R- ruling the roost. It's got to feel pretty good. Makes me imagine what it'd like if I ran the show one day. Yeah, look at that, huh? I'm getting a little taste of it. Well, I mean, Clayton's gone, and so how can you not think about that? <laughs> well, you're doing a good job so far, man. You're saving folks money. You're getting the word out about this, these great prices. Yeah, I mean... It's it's really good to be here. I'm usually down in the orm in the orm stores, you know. Yep. Um, but coming here and seeing the great inventory we have, but one thing that's cool about this store is that they have this store specifically has the new Bluetooth bases. Um, so for example, you hook it up to your phone. There's an app you can say, "Hey Siri, raise my head." "Hey Siri, raise my partner's head," and it does that on command. And I'm just amazed by this new stuff. That's it's so super cool, cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of which, we have that base right now in a queen option. Uh, queen head up, foot up, Bluetooth with a Bluetooth module. The base online is sold at retail for $17.99. And we're doing a deal on that base for guess what? You buy the base for $8.99 and you get the mattress included. Base and mattress for far less than you can get the base at somewhere else. Yep. Wow. That's how it is. That's amazing. That mattress is a ten ninety nine normal value. If you buy that mattress and you want only a head up option for the adjustable base, it's only five ninety nine. Wow, incredible! All right, take advantage of it. Thank you, Christopher. You're the man. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West here in Salt Lake, eighty six East University Parkway. Uh, we'll be talking to Tofa uh, obviously throughout the show. More next. Uh, Howard Beck joins us. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. I want to take you home. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Scott Gerard at 5 o'clock. But he just dropped by the warehouse. How about that? Good to see the, the broadcaster of the year. No big deal. Scott going to be on with us at 5. Uh, we're going to talk uh, We're going to talk to our friend Mike Sando at 4.30. We'll get a little bit of a, an NFL breakdown on uh, what should be just a terrific weekend of, of NFL football. Gordon, is it going to be like uh, last week for you? I know we've got some, some jazz tonight and some jazz on Sunday, but are you going you gonna to park it and uh, consume as much NFL as you can this weekend? We uh, have lost Gordon. We could get to the band of the day, sure, Austin. Let's okay. do that. Band of the day today. Uh, I don't know how, but they found me. Uh, selected by Austin and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. SLC-based, you... by the way. Oh, yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. At least uh, at least half of them uh, are from Salt Lake. Do we have Gordon now? Hi, Gordon. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. All right, Gordon, I was just asking you uh, if you're planning on consuming uh, all the NFL this weekend. Uh, Yeah, I'll consume as much of it as I possibly can because I like uh, I like uh, the NFL playoffs. I think it's it's one of the, if not the best postseason setup, uh, one of the best. And I, I probably would put it at the top. I know a lot of people love March Madness and all that. But I like the way the NFL does it. I like the urgency involved in one game in one place at one time. Well, traditionally, a lot of people say that this is the best uh, NFL weekend of the year because you have so many games. But last weekend was uh, was similar, right? So I, I think they're going to keep the expanded playoff, by the way. I think the, the yeah. NFL has uh, looked at that last weekend probably as a big-time success. And I would guess that 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 continues on even uh, post-COVID-19 time. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, after didn't you, after every game, look forward to the next one? Yeah, I, I did. And uh, I just I worry that maybe you'll get some dog teams in there if you keep expanding it because we get some dogs sometimes anyway. But usually those are the divisional champs that you have to include, right, like, uh, uh, like Washington was this year. So maybe uh-huh. that wouldn't be that, that big a deal. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I do like the – I do the I do like all the games. That was fun last weekend. It was. All I right. So. Let's switch gears from NFL to NBA. It's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Howard, happy Friday. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Hey, doing uh, doing terrifically well. Jazz back home uh, tonight after a, a, a long road trip. Uh, have an interesting game against Atlanta. But let's, of course, start out with the big news of the week in the NBA. Give us your thoughts on James Harden moving out there closer to you to Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, just down the road from me. Um it's, you know, this is the deal that everybody thought was out there that might happen eventually. And, of course, things sped up after Harden uh, had a, uh, I would say, an unfortunate press conference the other night after they got crushed by the Lakers. That seemed to speed things up. And, look, he landed where he wanted to be. So now the questions are, does James Harden um, – does, is he ready to make a different kind of, of, of uh, you know, 
changed his game? Is he ready to evolve? Is he ready to sacrifice? Things that I think we talked about on your show within the last couple of weeks, and I wrote about it, which was, you know, that he's 31. He hasn't gotten where he wants to go in terms of postseason, hasn't been to a finals, hasn't won a championship, and he's joining two other superstars who both operate best with the ball in their hands. And so those three guys are going to have to figure it out. Steve Nash's coach is going to have to figure it out. But I think it's, it's, it's generally up to the players. You know, ultimately, they decide, you know, you, you know the coach can set the, the table and, and provide the system and the framework. The players decide how this works and whether it works, frankly. And so those three are going to have to figure it out. And I'm very curious to see how Harden in particular adapts and how Kyrie adapts. I, you know, Durant has sacrificed before. Durant went to a super team in, in Golden State and figured out how to mesh his talents with that team. Um, we haven't seen Harden have to do that yet, but this is what he wanted. He wanted to play in Brooklyn. He wanted to be with those guys. And so now we'll see. And, you know, th- there's there's really um, no ambiguity about the goal, you know, whether it's the players or the organization. You, you make an all-in move like this, you're, you're looking for a championship and immediately. And I think there are some, you know, pretty glaring concerns about whether or not they can do that immediately. They've got some, some issues, I think, with the roster, but um, – but we'll see. You know, that's you know that that's the expectation now, and anything short of that is is going to to look like a failure. And they gave up quite a bit in terms of their future to make this deal. Howard, in terms of uh, James Harden and uh, wanting to win a championship, is he motivated enough in that regard to to evolve like you just described? Is he because what happened in Houston? They came close that one year. If they'd beaten the Warriors, they probably would have won it all. Jake doesn't believe that, but he, he and I go back and forth on it. But he has to evolve in order to allow others who are great players to do what they can do, too, because he, he's already proven he can't do it kind of himself. And it's not like he hasn't had high-level help. There have been stars in this league who have been stranded on teams. Anthony Davis comes to mind before he was traded to the Lakers, and one of the reasons he wanted to be traded to the Lakers. He never had high-level help. James Harden had Dwight Howard still in his prime. It didn't work. Dwight Howard left. He got... Chris Paul at his request and they went two seasons before Chris Paul wanted out. He got Westbrook at his request. It lasted one season. So James Harden's not uh, absolved of blame in any of this. You know, we, we can talk about their roster. We can talk about their strategy. We can talk about Chris Paul's hamstring injury against the Warriors in the conference finals. But the bottom line is they haven't gotten it done. And when you're the franchise star, when you're one of the greatest players in the league, when you're an MVP and a perennial MVP candidate, it's, you bear a, a bigger amount of the responsibility. And especially if you've gone through three different all-star teammates and it didn't work. It, again, he was not stranded on some, uh, you know, substandard team. So, you know, does, does he realize that? Does, does he, is he aware of all that? Does he have the self-awareness? I don't know. Um, you know, Harden said all the right things, but, you know, it's what you do on the court that matters. Um, listen, my expectation would be that given that this trade was at his request and that this is the destination he wanted, and there was no guarantee he was going to get here. He could have landed in Philly. He could have landed in a bunch of different places. But he got where he wanted to go. And if you if you woke up one day and said, I want out, and by the way, I want to go to Brooklyn in particular to play with two of their uh, very ball-dominant stars – I think it should be baked into the decision that you've made that you're already deciding I'm willing to give up something in terms of individual stats and individual glory to play with those two guys. Because 
like to to think of it any other way would actually be kind of insane, right? Like this is where you want to go. These are who they. This is who they have. This is who you'd be playing with. Um, so I have to assume on some level he has de- he has decided he's willing to make some concessions, and I think he probably will. Um, I I think they have other concerns though. You know they traded in this deal. You know three key rotation guys: um, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, and. Jared Allen is a, a, a really great rim protector and a, a, was probably their best defensive player overall. And so he's gone now. And they don't have, you know, they've got an aging DeAndre Jordan and nobody else's size. So you don't really have the same rim protection. Their perimeter D is, is a little suspect. Kyrie Irving and James Harden both have been subpar defenders throughout their careers. Durant was elite at that level at one point, but I don't know if you can count on him to be that way every night post Achilles. And so. You know they've they've got some roster holes. Their defense was our suspect even before the deal. So you know it. They're the first step I think is those three guys integrating with each other because if they're if they're in sync with each other, that offense is unstoppable, unguardable. But um, the next concern after that is going to have to be their depth and their defense. Howard Beck is with us uh, from Sports Illustrated, and Howard, last Friday when we talked to you. Uh, the Jazz were playing the Bucks that night. They had come off a couple of rough nights there in the Big Apple uh, with the Nets and the Knicks. And then all of a sudden they absolutely throttled the Bucks and now have won three consecutive games and people are feeling a little bit different. And Gordon and I have gone back and forth a, a lot talking about whether the glass is half full or the glass is half empty, empty. And if you look at the standings, you know, it seems like it's that way for a lot of teams. I mean, you know, even sometimes when it feels like the Jazz haven't played all that well, they're, they're only two games back of the Lakers in the West is is it a little wonky for everybody uh have you taken can you um is is the league a little bit weird because of the unique circumstances I think there's no question I think that there's there's absolutely no question that that uh even even in as much as in in a normal year I would say the early weeks are, are something that you don't try to draw too too hasty of a conclusion from it's even more so the case now that you know, some teams are coming back on very little rest, very little turnaround, although the Lakers don't seem to be any worse for it. They seem to be <laughs> doing just fine with the short turnaround. But they had the short turnaround, and the Heat had the short turnaround. Is that is, is the short turnaround the reason that Denver is, is kind of sluggish right now? I don't know. And then you've got the eight teams that have been off since March, you know, the eight teams that didn't go to the bubble. And so everybody's on a little bit different clock and a little bit different challenges and then on on top of all that you know short training camp uh you know truncated preseason and now we've got games being postponed left and right and guys being put in in quarantine for because of contact tracing and it's just everything feels very choppy right now and so i my guess would be that every organization is is looking at this saying you know like if you're if you're the, the denver nuggets and, you know, for a while there, you were down, you know, down with the Timberwolves in the standings. As we talk now, they are tied for seventh with the Warriors. They're six and six. So they're behind schedule. They're behind where they should be in terms of winning percentage. But, like, the Nuggets are fine, and they're probably telling themselves, we'll get there. Like, they're not going to worry. Um, and I think all the teams are probably having those conversations internally that, you know, there's just going to be – it's going to be bumpy. It's going to be strange. Um, you're going to wake up one day and find out that four of your guys just got thrown into protocol because of, of contact tracing, and now you got to you know play with eight players, or you're going to have a game postponed. Like it's 
this is just the reality of this season. And you just hope that by the time we get to the playoffs that things have kind of leveled out a little. So, Howard, I've heard of uh, teams being able to make deals with each other because of personal relationships between, uh, say, general managers and whatnot, and sometimes owners and things like that. But I, I've never really seen anything quite like uh, the report that came out that Tillman Fertitta did not want to trade James Harden to the Sixers because Daryl Morey was there. Uh, first of all, do you believe that report, and what do you make of it? Yeah, I, I, you know, you guys know me. I don't want to comment on anybody else's reporting. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Fertitta has, you know, uh, kind of – cultivated a personality or, or certainly projected a personality of being someone who's a little bit of a hothead and that he might feel, you know, whether he's felt burned by Daryl Morey asking out of his contract and then immediately turning around seven days later and signing with the Sixers or whether it's just he doesn't like the idea of Harden rejoining Daryl Morey. You know, one of the things that, that Harden said today in his, his press conference was that his trade request followed not just them having a disappointing playoff run, but once he realized D'Antoni was leaving, Daryl Morey was leaving, that he just kind of saw things kind of, you know, uh, fraying there. And so I think on some level, depending on how much he he uh, conveyed that to the team, Fertitta may be feeling like, you know, not just burned at Daryl left, but that like, Oh, you you only want to be here if Daryl Morey was here? You only want to be here if Mike D'Antoni? And these are the guys that you let walk away. And then D'Antoni left in part because Fertitta didn't extend him when he should have, you know, two summers ago. So, um, you know, maybe there's resentment there. Maybe that's enough for Fertitta not to trade him to, to the Sixers. But, you know, I'll say this, and it may be stating the obvious. I, Trading a guy somewhere or not trading him somewhere based on anything other than where you can get the best return package is foolish. The idea of, you know, oh, we got to trade him out of the conference or we don't want to trade him to a division rival or we don't want to do this. We don't. Like, teams need to do what's best for themselves, period, and, and not have it be about anything as petty or emotional or trivial as not wanting to reunite a player with a GM. You know, you, you get the best package you can. Now, if they truly thought that what they got from the Nets was the best possible return or the kind of return they wanted great but i would question whether that's really the case you know uh, if you could get a ben simmons you can get a top 15 player who's still early in his prime to me that's the deal you make every time because draft picks you know draft picks are, are not a guarantee of anything especially when they might well be very low picks now by the time this you know deal is done paying off the nets might be back in the cellar and maybe they're great picks but um, that's way down the line. So uh, I would hope that's not the reason that they chose the Nets deal over the Sixers deal. Howard Beck is with us uh, from Sports Illustrated, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Last thing for me, Howard, there's been some reporting today on general managers batting about the idea of adding a third uh, two-way contract or a player eligible for the two-way contract. Do you think that's a good idea? And further, why not add more? <laughs> Yeah, why not? Well, I guess maybe because it costs money. Um, I, you know, to me, it's kind of a no-brainer. Like, obviously, the the bigger the player pool, the more flexibility you have to deal with situations where multiple players are going into contact tracing and you can avoid maybe some postponements. And, you know, like that, as much as you don't want to have to rely on players out of the G League or just the free agent pool of guys who, you know, when the season started, you thought weren't good enough to be in the league – 
that you don't want to be plugging those guys in and playing them big minutes just to salvage the schedule. On the other hand, you don't want the schedule completely trashed. And I'm, I'm certain the league is not comfortable with all these postponements. Now, they did break the season into two halves of 36 games each without plotting out the second half of the season because they knew they would probably have postponements and because they knew they would have to make adjustments as they went. And so they've given themselves that flexibility. But, you know, there's a limit to all of this, to how many games you can reschedule. And it is disruptive and it is difficult to, to deal with. And having more players available overall would hopefully uh, allow you to avoid some of these postponements. Howard, forgive me if I've asked you this question before, but do you think the NBA will expand in order to offset some of the losses? It's a complicated equation. And, you know, you you expand, and if you charge, you know, the the new owners coming in, expansionized fees are up over like a billion each, given that, that franchises are now selling for a billion plus and sometimes two billion. Like, you could certainly put a lot of money in your pocket, um, you know, the 30 existing owners could put a lot of money in their pockets uh, by expanding by two teams and charging massive expansion fees. That's true. But you've now divided the national TV contract 32 ways instead of 30. So you're, you're going to lose at the other end. And I don't think you expand just to, like, buy your way out of, you know, uh, of the current losses. I don't like that. That doesn't sound like like sound business practice to me anyway. Um, I would also question, frankly, and I, plenty of people disagree with me on this, but I think expansion is, is crazy in general. Like, I want a team back in Seattle as much as anybody. I miss Seattle. I love Seattle. I'd love to go see them back in Vancouver too, but they should just move underperforming franchises. And I'm not a big advocate of franchises being moved either in general, but um, expanding, I think, is, is crazy. They, they, as, as much as this is now a global game and you've got, you know, international players make up a fourth of the league, there's not enough top-end talent. Elite talent is what drives the league. Elite talent is what sells tickets. Elite talent is what gets a fan base, especially in a new market, to really be motivated and engaged. And there are still only a handful of those guys. And so is there enough, like, just baseline talent for 30 more roster spots? Yeah, sure, I guess, but I don't want to watch a game played by those 30 guys. <laughs> so, you know, that, that that's a problem. I, I think they'll be diluting the talent pool too much, frankly. To follow up on that real quick, I wonder how hungry the NBA is, for instance, to stake, uh, to drive a stake into the ground at Mexico City or somewhere where they think they can make a bunch of money. Well, I mean, they've certainly kicked that around and, and you know, Mexico City, Las Vegas, um, you know, I think Seattle gets the first team if there is expansion or if there is a, a relocation. You know, it's Seattle first. Um, Mexico City, they've, you know, they've, they've played the exhibition games there. They've flirted with that. But, like, that one I think would be tough. If, I mean, if you guys remember, when Toronto and Vancouver first came in, um, American-born players didn't want to go there because they thought, well, Canada, I don't want to live in a foreign country, <laughs> which – it seems just ludicrous now. It seemed ludicrous then too. But I think you know, you know, the guys have, have this generation of players is, is, does not view it that way. But Mexico, I mean, it's first of all, Mexico City, I think, is a little further away from most guys' homes than Vancouver and Toronto, uh, just based on the geography of the continent. Um, and there's a language barrier all of a sudden. 
you know, Canada speaks English. <laughs> um, Mexico speaks Spanish. And I, so I think for players, you know, if, if we thought it was ludicrous that players were, were, you know, uncomfortable with going to Canada 30 years ago, then imagine when there's now a language barrier being introduced and different currency and just a, a culture shock. I, I don't know how players would feel about that. So, um, but that's definitely a city that, that the NBA's had interest in, you know, whether it's exhibition, you know, neutral site games and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I still believe expansion's a ways off. Howard, thank you as always. You're uh, uh, always a highlight of our week. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, fellas. Talk to you next week. Back at you. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck, our friend from Sports Illustrated. Um, it, that argument always comes up with expansion, right? You know, does is there enough talent? Do you want to dilute uh-huh. the talent? And I, I get what what Howard's saying about, you know, you add another 30 ro- roster spots, and those are 30 players that are currently in the G League or playing overseas. But I, I would look at it as is there enough top to middle tier talent to go around, right? You know, can are there enough, you know, stars – all stars and superstars to add two more teams. That's the question I'd be looking at. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the answer, uh, but I just had an idea. I just got a bit of inspiration. Pregnant pause. Jake, if if they ever wanted to expand to, say, Mexico City, would the league or would, would, would other owners sign off – on allowing that franchise to pay its players more than teams in the U.S. just to add a little drawing power for players wanting to go there. And if that were ever a possibility, then how about this? How about allowing, uh, if they can, smaller market teams to pay more than anyone else and i know they've sort of messed with that a little bit with uh you know teams trying to hold on to their own players and they can pay them more but uh what do you what do you think of that would that even so, ever work no is the short answer i <laughs> i think it's an interesting thought but i don't i don't think it would ever happen because of some of the complications you just laid out right there and can you imagine like a like a big market team like LA that actually generates more money than a small market team like the Jazz but you're preventing them from spending that although you let a smaller market team do that I I just don't think that they could ever cross that bridge I think it's an interesting thought but I don't think it ever happened plus there are so many other things that complicate the Mexico City idea I like it and I see where their heads at but like Howard brought up the language barrier I mean that's that's a challenge that you can't overcome by, I, I guess that's where your pay them more idea comes in, but I just don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they'll do it, but I thought it might be hmm. a way of making some accommodation for a team being somewhere else that uh, might not be as attractive and might might be difficult for them to draw in, say, a free agent. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. Well, it beats me. Uh, all isn't I know that a is little, that, isn't, isn't, that Mexico, a little... isn't Mexico City like almost twice as big as New York? Is? I mean, it's just it's a huge city. It, isn't that yes. a little condescending, too, to be like, well, your place isn't very nice. So. 
You, know, you don't have to say it that way. It's just that it's different. All I know is I'm not allowed to produce radio broadcast originating out of Mexico City anymore. Yeah, no, that didn't go well the first time. All right, stay tuned. More next, live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm really good at this. And if I'm really good at this, I'm going to make a whole lot of money. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a tri-day trading market update. How'd the market do today, Gordo? The markets were down across the board, Jake. The Dow down 177.26 points for uh, minus 0.57%. The NASDAQ down 114 and change points down 0.87% and the S&P down 27 points uh, closing at minus 0.72%. So not a great day. Jeez, it sounds like the markets really took a beating today. <laughs> That's not yeah, good. it's, uh, you know. Have you, things... have you noticed that ever since we, we brought back the market update that the market's being crushed? Is it oh, us? No. Are we the problem? No, be, well, I mean, yes. one of the one of the days was good, and two of the days were down. But you know, I mean, this is the way the market works. Wasn't it good by like point zero six though, Gordon? Wasn't that the score that good day? <laughs> Not by much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah market update uh, brought to you by trydaytrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit trydaytrading.com. <laughs> I, I I think. We need to follow this pattern, Gordon. And if we're well, we're we'll doing... we'll see. Uh, please don't blame us when the market <laughs> goes down. If we're uh, if we're doing harm to the economy, maybe we need to reconsider. <laughs> uh, okay, let's think about that. Let's let's see how it goes because if it, if it does uh, climb, then you know maybe then we should take the credit. Then we take the credit and and maybe yeah. a commission. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be that would be extremely nice. All right, uh, we're here at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, eighty-six East University Parkway. Uh, we will get to uh, more coming up straight ahead, so stay tuned. Scotty G is going to jump on the show today at uh, the top of the five o'clock hour. Our friend Mike Sando covers the NFL for the Athletic. He's going to be with us at four thirty. But joining us now, our friend Christopher from the warehouse, filling in admirably admirably for his uh his dad and our good friend tom what's going on christopher what's happening all right let's uh let's knock some deals out of the park man let's move some furniture so we've been talking a lot about adjustable beds because everybody loves them and specifically last hour we talked about delivery and i told you i kind of miss going out on deliveries now that i'm doing so much sales but i want to talk about the power of delivery uh as everybody knows, if you come in and you mention the radio, you get exclusive deals. Um, if you mention the radio with any adjustable bed purchase, you get included a mattress protector. That's 10-year guaranteed dust, bed bites, any liquids, doesn't touch your mattress for 10 years. With your purchase of an adjustable bed with that mattress protector, you get what's called a comfort exchange. And if people go into the mattress store and they try out their mattresses, they think they found the right one, right? They take it home, they spend two weeks on it, they realize it's not what they thought it was when they sleep when they laid on it on the store. So with the Comfort Exchange, you get a 60-day lay guarantee. In-house, as a local business, you buy the mattress protector, 
you get that 60-day exchange for any mattress in our store. Take it home and take it for a test drive. Yep. Pretty sweet. And thinking about this just reminds me of stories of when I was delivering all in high school uh, this past summer, uh, helping setting up adjustable beds. Uh, we talked to these specifically older couples, getting their bed exactly how they want it, and just the look of satisfaction they get is amazing, man. Pretty I cool. I love it. Yeah. And that you don't get that at other places. It's certainly not for 75 bucks. Right. We, we really do pride ourselves in tailoring our services to the customer. And that's why we believe in this. Mention the zone, you get your mattress protector, then you automatically get that comfort exchange. Awesome. All right, 1825 South, 300 West, 86 East, University Parkway down in Orem. Uh, it's the warehouse. Christopher, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, we'll have more straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.